Welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis, where we invite you into honest conversations about life, love, and leadership. Welcome to season three. Well, welcome to this special edition of the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis. We are celebrating the release of my new book, Being Real is Greater Than Being Perfect, How Transparency Leads to Transformation. And so every Tuesday of October, we're releasing a new podcast episode with an interview that we've done with our friends just to celebrate the message of the book. And guys, I just want to say thank you so much for your support. Thank you for ordering the book, for pre-ordering the book, for sharing about the book. Uh, It's been an incredible uh, journey just to get this message out. And so you can go to Amazon. If you haven't ordered the book yet, you can go to Amazon right now and search for Being Real is Greater Than Being Perfect. And you can order the book on Audible, Kindle, or in paperback. And so thank you guys so much. Uh, To celebrate today, we are having a conversation with our good friends, Carlos and Heather Whitaker. And the Whitakers have been friends of ours for over 10 years, and they have three amazing kids. And we talk in this episode about parenting and about seasons of life and about authenticity and about trials and heartache. And Carlos and Heather are the same people in real life as you may see on Instagram or on Facebook or online. And so we hope you enjoy this special episode with our friends, Carlos and Heather Whitaker. Well, hey, Carlos and Heather, thank you, Whitakers, for joining us today. Um, We've been super excited to have you on the podcast, but we were on the struggle bus on what what questions to ask you because we've done a lot of life together. Um, But for somebody who may not be familiar with you, which would be shocking, um, just give us like a little bit of an overview of your family, what you guys are up to these days. Yeah, I'm I'm the the elder Whitaker uh, in the home. Uh, I just turned fifty, so right, like right. Uh, the double ARP card is in the mail. It's on um, the counter, actually. Oh, on the counter. Like I'm I'm pretty excited about this season. I get a discount at Shoney's and Denny's uh, for breakfast if I want to go. Um, but no, I'm I'm a uh, you know my my life is the simplest version of all the lives that are in my family. I I write books and I talk about them travel around and you know I do I do some podcasting and stuff like that um yeah and so that's the space that I kind of find myself in Heather um and and the rest of our family I'll let you introduce everybody else and kind of what you know kind of what it looks like right now this season hoping to see what you're gonna fill in the blank with what do you mean like you you said you were the simplest I was the simplest Heather's very complicated we have a very complicated relationship (laughs) Cause I'm constantly trying to figure her out. And the thing is, is Heather's really gifted at like, at like prophecy and like seeing into people's hearts. So it really sucks as a husband because like, I can't not, I can't pull anything past her and she's always looking deep into my heart and my soul. So, you know, she's got this gift that just drives me crazy. You're hilarious. Um, no, I am Heather and I've raised three children and we're on our last. Almost. almost. She's almost raised. Yeah. We're- six months here of, um, having children under 18. So 21 year old Sohela, who's engaged is going to get married in next May. Then we have St. Anna, who's about to turn 20 and she, um, probably will be following in her sister's footsteps shortly thereafter. And then we have 17 year old Lasaya, who, um, is just everything 17 year old boy right now. And, um, but we're, you know, I feel like we're on the upswing of all teenagehood stuff. Um, yeah. and entering into just more of the fun adulting adults 
you know, years. So I love prayer. I love gardening. I love cold very much like Trish. Yeah. Everybody knows. <laughs> We're coming to you from the beach right now. And uh, Trisha looks out the window behind us. She's like, that's my dream. Heather looks out the window. It's like, that's my nightmare. So mm -hmm. she yeah. left though to go to the beach. So I'd feel like everyone's well, like, when we met, our kids were like such babies. We babies. chose what Halloween costumes we were putting on them. That's how like little. Josiah, I think, was like two or three. Okay. Like he was a little, little nugget when that we went. Crazy. Yeah. Carlos, what, what milestone birthday did we go on the bus? Whoa. That was, was, that, that was 40. That was 40. That was a decade ago. That's, That's not crazy. It yeah. feels like yesterday. That was amazing, though. And 30 years ago. Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny. I, uh, my 40th birthday, um, I, had, I, I had like 20 groups of. Fr our dogs our, just came down. Right why now. did our dogs just come down here? Naughty, they're not. I, I, had, I had like like 20 groups of friends on this on this bus. And now I turned 50 and I'm going to Montana with like three sets of friends. Like I've lost 17 friends since my 40th birthday. Yeah. And so I'm just like, wow, babe, by the time I turn 60, it's just going to be me and you. I'm going to be out of them. <laughs> well um, one of the things that um i've admired about you guys especially over the last 10 years that we've known each other is who you guys are in public is really who you strive to be in private right and there's not yeah. a lot of public figures that can say that and that but that wasn't always the case for you guys talk about how you guys kind of came to the conclusion or decided to put to death the persona of Carlos and Heather and start really living as Carlos and Heather. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Sorry about that. No, it's okay, babe. He just, he just said, you know, go ahead and ask the question one more okay. time. For Sorry. Him. That's all right. So over the last 10 years, you guys have really made some conscious decisions to be who you are in public or on social media is actually who you are in private. You really strive to have that authenticity flow through your life, but that that's wasn't right. always the case. There yeah. was a persona, there was a public perception that you guys used to have, but how have you guys decided to make some intentional choices to kind of put that to bed and, and actually just be who God has called you to be authentically? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I can speak for me, you know, like... I think I've always been the same. Yeah, you, you know, I, I think the... I'll let him answer. The de a, de <laughs> a decade ago, um, you know, a decade ago, maybe even a little bit more of that, than that yeah probably 13 years ago 14 years ago like i i was the public persona of who i was 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 just a caricature it was a it was a it was a let me be who everybody wants me to be and what feels great and all these things and you know what what's happened is that is i've just gone after healing like what's happened is mm -hmm. is the last and, and i'm not talking about just like counseling or therapy and trying to get like fix a couple things in my life like deep-seated blood of the cross power of the resurrection supernatural healing in my life that again d hasn't brought me to the other side is perfect but it's brought it's it's definitely been what i think most people see is like wow like this version of uh, you know people probably see heather and carlos because i'm half of what this version is so it all probably does look different right but there you know there there is there is definitely just i think a healed version of of who i am now like it's it's just a a version of me that's not trying to impress 
um, that is trying to lift everybody actually now above me, whereas it used to be, no, let me be the loudest. Let me be the voice. Let me be all these things. And it was me, me, me. And I think, you know, when God began to start healing a lot of deep things inside of my heart, um, my identity shifted. And I think it just was noticeable. Um, now, you know, that that's something that I'm continuing to, uh, you know, to to lean into and to chase after and to go after. But man, the the version of who we were, Heather and I together as a couple, um, you know, and, and there's been other, I, you know, I think there's been other things too. Like our kids are older, like, like we're, we've shifted a lot, even in our parenting and in kind of who we are. But um, yeah, the version 13 years ago compared to now, she, she, <laughs> there's no way she would have stayed married to that, that version of, of us. Right. And so, um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's been, I think intentionally, we, we found a, a local church here in Nashville that has completely gutted and re, uh, kind of refilled. We've been filled with whole, with Holy Spirit in a way we never had before. Mm. Um, I, I think we, uh, again, I'm speaking for myself, just, I know that without my church, about my local church body, um, I, I wouldn't have survived. Uh, we wouldn't have survived. Our family wouldn't have survived. And I think initially when, when we've gone through our traumatic moments, you know, it was a lot of like, I got help. We got help. Um, and I think that help is useful. We therapy and a bunch of things like that. But man, once, once we like invited complete and total resurrection healing in our lives, everything changed and um, everything is, is different. I think that's probably the biggest shift for me at least. Yeah. There's a ton of churches in Nashville, and so this isn't to despair any other church that you're sure. not going to, no. but for the church that you guys have found together in this season, what has made it different that has allowed you to find a greater depth of healing? For, like for someone who's listening that, yeah. you know, they're going to church and they're singing the songs, they're praying the prayers, you know, they're raising their hands, they're serving in kids ministry because that's extra credit in heaven. <laughs> but yeah but they're not changing, right? There, there's no transformation taking place. I mean, you were a professional Christian, you know, for, for many years on staff at churches, speaking, leading worship, like you guys had the routine down. What oh, has yeah. made, mm. obviously there's the belonging co company, you know, is an unbelievable church, but what has made this specific church different sure. than your previous church experiences that allowed you to, to experience that transformation? <laughs> I was wondering, I have an answer, but I'm not always as PC as Carlos, so I didn't know if he was going to let me answer. Well, no, uh, I'll just fix it, whatever you say. <laughs> well, what she actually meant. <laughs> I never be really in the limelight because I would get canceled all the time. Um, <laughs> explaining. Okay. okay. No. I think for us, and I actually think the shift actually became came before um, Belonging yeah. Co., but... In our church history, in our both of our stories and when they collided together, we actually were never taught to hear God's voice. We never actually had a church that actually paused to listen to God's voice. We never had a space where we it was either it was scripture, which is God's word a thousand percent, yeah. absolutely. And yet there is also his leading. Um, and so for us that process of hearing his voice, talking to him, having interaction, going to him with questions, going to him with, gosh, God, like, like perfect example this week, 
um, so I had an encounter with somebody that was from my past that like it, and it was just like a, a brief, Oh, hi. Like it wasn't like an encounter, right? Like it was just literally, I saw them and mm-hmm. I turned to a friend and I'm instantly in tears and I'm like, Oh, okay. God. Okay. Like, Whoa, what, what was that? You know? And so learning from the, from when you have moments of like that, like, okay, God, like, what was that? Why, why was that? What, where did that come from? Yeah, you didn't call your therapist and you didn't set up an appointment. You right. went, you went straight in, mm-hmm. found Steph and broke it. Right. And that's what you, that's what we're talking about. Right. Like we don't need you. There was always just this other need for someone else to help when Holy Versus, Spirit's already yeah, here. Yeah. Like, yeah. And know. so I think, um, you know, we also grew up in a culture and it's not wrong again, but just where it was very much, um, seeker friendly and the belonging is really about building disciples. So they really are taking, um, the people that are there and, and growing them deeper into knowing God, hearing God. Um, and that is just something that changed us in our family. Yeah. Well, I don't have to fix anything, babe. Like that was, I'm so proud of you. Like you didn't throw anyone under the bus. Like, no, that was good. And, and the only thing I'll add is, you know, especially coming from somebody that, that, that was professional Christian, right? I, I actually look at myself now. I'm, I am no longer professional Christian. You don't see Bible verses that I'm like, or my Bible on my Instagram and scriptures that I'm sharing. When I was doing that stuff, I was the biggest freaking hot mess on planet earth. Now I'm like speaking, you know, to the majority corporate audiences and to the majority of people that actually don't even believe what I believe, but I feel like I am way more rooted in my faith, way more rooted in what, what, and hearing in conversational intimacy with Holy spirit and hearing what God has to say now, uh, because it's not a performance. And here, here's the thing I would tell, you know, professional. And again, there, there are, there's nothing wrong with working on a church staff. There's nothing wrong with oh. all these things, but you got to be careful to not let your, your profession suddenly dull the voice of God and dull the work of Holy Spirit in your life. Because at some point it becomes father, son, and church staff. And, you know, and, and like that is the culmination of what the Trinity is in your life. And man, did I miss out on so much. I can't believe I had to wait until I was 44 years old to understand that, you know what? Like, like there is so much more there's just more to God. You know, I, I feel like a lot of professional Christians feel like they have to have the answers. A lot of people on church staffs feel like they have to know the answer. I, I'm, I, I actually now feel like I know less about the greatness and the grandeur of God, and he is just revealing it to me every single day than I did before. And so there's a lot more like, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot more of that these days than I've got. I feel like I've got to have the answer. And so that really frees me, I feel like, to really experience him in a way uh, that I think is noticeable for a lot of people. And, and I think it's, uh, man, it's just, it's just a, a sweet, sweet season. I was just going to say, parenthetically, you talked about the discipline of listening to God's voice. Like we focus on a lot of the spiritual disciplines, prayer, but when we think of prayer, what we typically think of is it's a one-way conversation. Right. Uh, like uh, we're taught uh, to uh, pray uh, of what uh, we need uh, to say to God, but not necessarily, no one's really teaching us that it is a two-way conversation, that right. there is a spiritual discipline of listening. Right. Well, I think, too, like culturally, when you think of our age, you know, we are now being given the gift of hindsight. And each generation has its strengths and its weaknesses in the area of church. And for yeah. us, our strength was reaching people. 
um, our weakness was discipleship. And so now that we're becoming older adults, you're seeing, well, not Heather. Heather's been like 30 for like forever. Yeah. But you know, like that flipping has happened. And so in this next season of just feeling so connected to God and feeling connected to the body of Christ, how is discipleship transition for you guys as a family? Now that you are, you know, have two adult kids, one, you know, on the way, what are some lessons that you guys have learned about your marriage and then lessons about parenting? Yeah, I, I'm going to jump in on that one. I think for me, and this is not everyone's answer, um, for me as a parent, I was going to go back to my childhood. My childhood, my parents allowed me to make my own decisions. It was never forced on me. They would give me um, like an explanation or a reasoning why you would choose this way or not choose this way. My parents actually tried to get me not to be a believer, which is funny, but um. So they came with all their other religions and tried to like explain the different options. Yeah. Um, But what it allowed me to do was allow me to be me. So I never carried on their thoughts and stuff. And I really appreciated that. So in our parenting, although I obviously took my kids to church and obviously taught them, you know, what I knew, I, I wasn't like, okay, now we're waking up and we're doing our Bible study. Now we're waking up and we're, you know, like I didn't, force them to do anything. Um, so many people are like, what family devotions did you do? I'm like, we didn't, you know, Mm. they watched me. I was allowed, I allowed them like when we did go through crap, like I invited them, do you want to get on the floor and pray? And we literally laid face down and prayed every morning, you know, but I invited them, do you want to do this, you know, with me? And so I invited them into my faith, but I never forced it on them. I never made them do anything. So it's been a process um, to watch our kids take up their own faith, uh, you know, and and they've done it at different times and some are still um, in the process of it. Uh, But being able to allow them, it's the same thing with Carlos. Like I was the one that actually began to hear God's voice and enter into more of um, understanding what true freedom and breaking of, um, just the enemy's hand in our lives in different ways, lies and, um, and whatnot. I entered into that before him, but I couldn't be like, Hey, Carlos, come on. Like I had to allow God to, uh, chase him just as much as he chased me. So I think for us, our discipleship is a little bit less of a, um, let me write a program for you and more of a, like an internship come and walk beside me and watch. And so I think that's just kind of how we've done it as a family. And I'm sure we'll continue to do it. I feel like I've been on the side of that. Like we've talked about on our podcast, how I went to trauma camp and I came to your house and you kind of laid that out there for me of like, do you want to break some strongholds? And I said, no, (laughs) that's because you You were like, okay, but I'm available. And I think that that is a part of discipleship of like leading the way, but then allowing for the choice. So that's really great. Um, As we were kind of getting ready to, to be with you guys today, I started thinking about like, if someone asked me, how would you describe Carlos and Heather, Heather, Heather Whitaker, the, the phrase that I came up with that I feel like best describes you guys is you show up mm. like as far as like 
Um, as I was thinking through just the decade or so plus of friendship that we've had, we were getting ready to move to Indianapolis, 2015. And the week before we go to move here, Isaiah goes in the hospital with a staph infection in his leg. And you guys just showed up. You came over to my, you, you didn't pack our moving truck. You packed our house up. (laughs) And, you know, we launched the church a year later. I text Carlos. Hey, we don't have a worship pastor. Even though you haven't led worship, you don't want to lead worship. You're beyond leading worship. Would you come lead worship? You showed up. The I next forgot, year, I we adopted the kids. And we, I texted you guys last minute. I'm like, we, have, we don't have any capacity. Carlos, could you come up and speak? And you guys dropped everything and came up. And you're, you're in stadiums now, but you spoke to about 140 people in a banquet hall. Yeah. You know, you took us out to dinner and just loved on us. Every time you've come to, not every time, but... Most of the time when you come to town, you text me and you try to show up and have dinner with me when you come to Indianapolis. Um, you wrote an endorsement for my book. Let's go. Um, you just you just continue to show up over and over again. Isaiah just moved to Nashville to go to college. Heather texts me, hey, can you send me Isaiah's phone number? Like, how have you made intentional choices? You, I mean, you're leaving for the airport in like 40 minutes, but yet you showed up for this podcast. Like, how have you made intentional choices just to to be there and to show up for people? Because I just feel like that's just in the DNA of your family. I feel like your kids are like that too. Yeah, it it hasn't been in my DNA. The, that this is the beautiful thing about marriage and the supernatural intertwining of two become one. Because that's that's not who I ever was, and and I think I fought against that honestly for a long time. But it has been, I think, the last two years that a lot for me at least for me that it finally all all the way got in and i do i am constantly just looking for how can i serve other people because it just you know uh, and maybe it's just getting older but i'm just like man there it's just much more gratifying when i serve somebody than when i get some when i get something from somebody mm-hmm. and and so for me i just feel like that that is what we're that is the being the hands and feet of jesus the hands and feet of jesus isn't so you can walk somewhere and pick something up and take it back with you. I mean, yeah, sure, that's what hands and feet do. But <laughs> the hands and feet of Jesus didn't do that. They walked somewhere and they served somebody. They pulled somebody up. They did these things. And, I, you know, and again, I think a lot of it does have to do with what I'm learning just via my social media and how I'm seeing people are desperate to give. People are desperate to serve. And I think it's something that we've just been lacking for so long. But, you know, I'll just say my simple answer is hanging around her for a long time has made me a better friend to my friends um, has made me somebody that um, that has learned, you know, to do that. I mean, I don't know where it came from in you, but you're right. It has leaked down to at least two of the three of our kids. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll just see if it can keep leaking down, you know, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I think that is something that is intrinsic to our family, you know. Um, I'll be, uh, very vulnerable here. It's actually probably one of my deepest wounds. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. And so I think um, it's a very uh, lot. What's the word? It's a very distinct line that I have to um, to make sure that you're not doing it to that medicate. I'm not sinning. Uh huh. Yeah. To medicate. Yeah. Uh huh. Because yeah. I don't ever want somebody to feel what I have felt. Yeah. So that's that's the wound. Mm-hmm. Why the wound is? Oh dang. It, well, I mean, it's fine. Um, it, it's not. It, it's something I've worked on, and and I know. So I've like, got a book for seventeen ninety nine <laughs> called "Kill the Spider." Then anybody that's reading this can listen to it, and they can go figure out 
but but it is a deep wound for me and so it is something that i have overcompensated for uh, at mm-hmm. times in in unhealthy That's spaces good. and so uh but yet it, i it is one of my it is a strength also like I love mm-hmm. showing up for people and I hate when I can't show up for people and so yeah, um, well, you're, you're, yeah. Re- you're redeeming that that yeah, wound, sure. right? it's a redemption aspect to that yeah. just as you were just so you were talking I was thinking we did Thanksgiving one year with you guys because yeah. you said um I had a hysterectomy and I was yeah. down for the count yeah, yeah. that, that I remember that's, that's right you came over to our house for Thanksgiving but then we went over to Natalie and Bernie's house for Thanksgiving because oh, yeah. we wanted to organize Thanksgiving for people who didn't have family in town. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I my list it was even incomplete. All the things that I that I talked about. But <laughs> yeah. I just, and I think I just, with with my with this pain point for me, that really you know, learning to actually ask God, God, like, am I supposed to show up here? Yeah, that's good. And then God, if if I'm not, if I am supposed to show up, when do I show up? And if I'm not supposed to show up, then like I really do commit this to you because I, I my flesh wants to show up, and so yeah. if you're saying no, like that's good. No, that, I, I think to... that's I think that's important because that's where she can make sure that it's it's a prompting from Holy Spirit instead right. of something that she's just trying to compensate or medicate right. or you know. I think that's good. You, that, that's so good because when you do it out of the flesh, right, then you expect something in return. Yes, if you're doing it through the Spirit it's without condition and it's, it's to glorify God. It's not necessarily to make something better in you. It's a a laying down of expectations of what you thought relationships would be and embracing the truth of what they are. Yeah. And then deciding how do you show up in that space? And I think for some relationships, it's natural. I would say for the other 90%, it is, (laughs) you know, Holy spirit, help me in this. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Heather, one, thank you for being vulnerable in that. And two, I think that you touched on a topic that a lot of people are struggling with. And, you know, even the book that you just wrote, uh, Carlos, on how to human, I struggled through your book. Like it it was good, but kind of like for you, Heather, that you were like, you saw that person and you were like, oh, I, there's a couple chapters. I was like, oh, like I, I. <laughs> I need a minute, um, <laughs> you know, and you, you have it broken down into three parts. It's, um, B C. And then what is the last one? My free. free. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't make it to the free part, I guess. So strongholds. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, you don't want to break those strongholds and get that freedom. We'll get there. We'll get there. But share a little bit. I mean, cause you, cause you get really honest and like Justin and I, you know, his book is, being real is greater than being perfect. Like yeah. we live out the authenticity, but there is a price in a commitment yeah. to love in it. So share a little bit about, you know, kind of your heart for that story in that book. Yeah. You know, um, really <laughs> how to human um, is it, it can be a, and then you see my face on the cover and I think it's just so funny. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, like what a, what a cocky thing to say. It's like, how to human? And then you've got my face. And I, what I tell people is like, listen, like, like this, the, the version, the person on the cover of the book is actually going to be the example of what not to do. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, like, like how to human is, is really taking, I, I tried to find just stories of Jesus um, that are, you know, I, I think a little confrontational to us as we're trying to live and be his hands and feet. 
Um, the whole be human piece is really about, okay, how can I slow down, discover who God created me to be, find my identity? Um, that, that part, that part I think is, is okay. Right. The, the see humans piece. Now it gets complicated. Now is when I start touching on, on people's pain points. Right. And then now, now Trish is like, Oh, wait a second. I don't know. I, I don't know. Carlos is telling me that I, that I'm supposed to be like, like Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch and walk up to this person that I vehemently disagree with that has wounded me that has all these things. And I'm supposed to actually still love this person. That's great in theory. And I tell people all the time, like, oh, sure, like, be human, see humans, free humans. Put that on a freaking bumper sticker. That sounds great. But actually doing it is next to impossible without the work of Holy Spirit. It's, it's next to impossible. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a book that you can't pull off on your own. And what, you know, the thing I love the most about it is this is the, the book I'm being asked to speak to corporate America on. Like, I'm, I'm walking into corporate America, and I'm like, be human, see humans, free humans. And then they come to my book table and they they pick up my book and it's filled with like, you ha- you can't do this without the work of Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ in your life, <laughs> you know. And, but I didn't talk about that on stage. Um, but uh, yeah, you know. The, and then and then so seeing humans, okay, that's one thing to see people, make them feel seen. But to be honest with you, like, what good is just making somebody feel good about themselves if you don't give them freedom at the end? And and the and the freedom piece is like that's the piece that I think we've got to get to. It's like. The blood of the cross, the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the only thing that is going to give people freedom. And I say that in the book. And, you know, I, there's, you can look at my Amazon reviews. People are like, I was fine until the end, you know, and then Carlos is telling me that, you know, that, that the only, the only way to find true freedom, like, no, I can find freedom in loving myself. I can find freedom. It's like, okay, like you may feel a little bit of freedom. Sure. That's fine. As a human, that's, yeah, you'll feel better, but you won't, it won't be lasting because, because chains are going to come back, you know? And so the, the 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 whole message of how to human you know subtitle is three ways to share life beyond what distracts divides and disconnects us and again i feel like that's just like a little sneaky hook to pull people in uh and then once they start reading the book it's going to bother them a lot more um but yeah you know i decided to write a bothersome book that i think uh the world needs right now because we are feeling more divided than we've ever felt so you know how how can we get back to the place where we can be as hands and feet even in a pretty disconnected space yeah that is that's so good. Okay, so one thing that you guys are excited about individually and as a family. Okay. I'm excited that I'm I'm leaving this podcast when I'm done and I'm closing my laptop and I'm flying on an airplane to Dallas, Texas for a night. I'm excited about the conference I'm speaking at tomorrow. But then I'm flying to Bozeman, Montana, and I'm gonna be waist deep in a river for seven days. And I am just looking I've been looking forward to this since the beginning of summer. Like this this week has been on my calendar. And it's finally freaking happening. So I'm so excited. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm equally excited that summer. I literally cried the other day when I looked at the weather that summer is over. Um, so I'm, ex- no, legit I'm not joking. Um, but I'm excited to go to the mountains with him. But what I'm really excited about is in January, we're going to Rwanda and we're going to go do a gorilla hike, you know, to go hike to the gorillas. Oh my yeah. gosh. That's, that's amazing. Next, that's our next adventure that I'm really excited about. And then I, I, we're also excited about our daughter getting married in in yeah. May. So that that that's coming. I yeah. am. I'm really. Someone asked me the other day, like, "How are you feeling?" I was like, "I'm excited." Like, yeah. I'm. Yeah. It's we've we've hit the point now where you know all it's the boohoo. Process, but it was great. Yeah, I, I'm like so freaking pumped. So. Mm-hmm. Well, we love you guys, and we're just cheering wildly for you. And it's it's been fun doing life in the the bumps, the bruises, the 
drag out knockouts parts yep. of life and um just a testimony that friendships look different in different yeah. seasons and they look yeah. different in proximity and in all are okay and matter and so yeah. we, just, we love you guys we thank you again once again for showing up we'll add that to our list and oh, justin and i are actually at the beach we were speaking somewhere in florida last weekend and then speaking in florida this weekend nice so we did yeah, our little go home i i know it's you know heather and i joke that i'm her sunshine to her stormy cloud or maybe it should be your snowstorm like yes. either one yes like the sun when it's 30 degrees yeah. outside yes. <laughs> so we hope you have a blast hey guys thank you and, so much uh, for joining us so for much. this yes. special right, love you episode of let's get real podcast with carlos and heather whitaker we will put in the show notes a link to carlos's new book how to human you can also go to amazon and search how to human or search carlos whitaker and find all of his books there uh, next week we're joined on the podcast by our oldest son micah Davis as he releases his first book called Trailblazers. And so we're going to have a conversation about that. Make sure you join us next week on the Let's Get Real podcast for another special episode. Thanks, guys.